Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge on this Monday morning. Boy, the weather has changed. Time to break out the winter gear. Had a crazy weekend of sports. We got fall weather. It couldn't get any better than this. We've got a great show for you. I'm going to break down the two games that the Atlanta Braves won over the weekend. They take a 2-0 series lead over the Los Angeles Dodgers. The University of Georgia has no problem over Kentucky as their first game as the number one ranked team in the country. I will break down if there is any team that's even close to Georgia. And I will recap the NFL games this week. Falcons were on a bye. 49ers were on a bye. I really didn't have an interest in watching football this weekend. But I did keep an eye on some scores. All right, let's get to the Braves game because how late were you staying up the last two nights? Stayed up to midnight last night. I didn't get any sleep. I'll be honest with you. Max Scherzer was going on the mound for the Dodgers. And when the Dodgers took the 2-0 lead in the first inning, I really didn't have any confidence that the Braves were going to survive that. And I thought Max Scherzer was going to be dominant. Manager Dave Roberts took him out of the fourth inning. He only pitched 70 pitches. And are you starting to become a believer in this team? For the second straight day, the Braves win in a walk-off fashion. Game one, Austin Riley did it in the bottom of the ninth. That was a game the Braves had to win. The Dodgers were having their bullpen game. The Braves had their best pitcher, Max Freed, on the mound. They had to win that game. Game two, it would have been nice if they win. But I understood Max Scherzer was going up against Ian Anderson. Now, Ian Anderson didn't have his stuff. He only pitched three innings. But the Braves' bullpen was able to weather the storm. The Dodgers took the 2-0 lead. And then Jock Peterson hits a two-run blast to tie it. How clutch was that? And are you believing in Jocktober? I say keep him in the starting lineup. Jock Peterson had the two-run homer in the bottom of the fourth inning. And then in the top of the seventh inning, this is when it started getting nervous, and I was contemplating turning the TV off and going straight to bed because I didn't have enough confidence that the Braves can get it done after being down 4-2. to two. There were a lot of great players for the Dodgers that were clutch that I didn't expect. Justin Turner's hurt, but you had Will Smith, the catcher. You had Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager with a two-run home run. Mookie Betts, it seems like he always gets on base. But that two-run double by Chris Taylor in the top of the seventh inning, really, because Heredia was going for it, and I thought that he caught it, or I thought he was going to catch it, and it gets behind him, and that's when I got frustrated, and I turned the TV off, and then I went to bed, but I watched the rest of the game on my phone. Fell asleep a couple of times, but I was able to wake up to see that crazy bottom of the eighth inning when, first of all, what is... Manager Dave Roberts thinking, putting Julio Urias in in relief. I'm like, are you kidding me? He, I thought he's going to be game four starter. So that was shocking. I understand the lefty on lefty matchups. 
But I'll break down that bottom of the eighth inning because that was crazy. And Riverboat Ron, that's his new nickname, third base head coach, third base coach Ron Washington taking the gamble, sending Eddie Rosario on the tag up. So Eddie Rosario gets a single. Freddie Freeman flies out to left. And Eddie Rosario starts tagging up. And he makes it. If that throw is in time, Rosario's out. So Rosario's on second base. Then Ozzie Albee singles to right field. And then Eddie Rosario comes around and scores. That was a very close play. They had to send it to replay. At first, I thought he was out, but he just got underneath the tag. And that was a gamble. Now the Braves are down 4-3. to three. And then Austin Riley doubles. At first, I thought it was a home run, but he doubles off the wall. And another close play. As Ozzie Albies, with his speed around the bases, comes in to score... The throw gets by the catcher, Will Smith, and now we are tied. I still didn't have enough confidence that the Braves could win this. I thought that this was going to either go to extra innings, the Dodgers were going to pitch Kenley Jansen for two innings, and they were going to shut the door on the Braves, especially with Kenley Jansen coming in in the bottom of the ninth inning. I really didn't have confidence in the Braves, and I apologize for doubting this team that never quits. And now they have a 2-0 series lead a walk-off fashion in the bottom of the ninth. So Bruce Dar Gratterall started the ninth inning. Travis Darno singles. Then Dansby Swanson gets into a ground ball bunt where Gratterall threw it straight to second base. And then the most important bat in the bottom of the ninth inning was Gilmore Heredia grounding out to advance Dansby Swanson. Because if he strikes out here, you got a runner at first. And I don't like their chances. Then Kenley Jansen comes in to face one batter. Eddie Rosario, who's been hot all night, he singles up the middle. The Dodgers had the shift. It gets by Corey Seager, and Dansby Swanson, who was on second, comes in to score. Braves win the game. How excited were you as a Braves fan to watch this team never quit? Another walk-off fashion, 2-0. Now they're going back to L.A. for three games. Can the Atlanta Braves close out this series? History is not on their side. They had a 3-1 series lead last year. My opinion, you got to take one in LA. At least one. If you take two, you win the series, and this does not go back to Atlanta. Take at least one and have Game 6 and Game 7 with a chance to clinch at home. I like the pitching matchups. Even in Game 3, Charlie Morton, their best pitcher, going up against Walker Buehler. If they lose that game, I feel confident that... Max Freed on three days rest can beat Julio Urias, who already pitched last night. And then after that, it's not even a guarantee. Max Scherzer is not a guarantee that he is going to be effective. The Dodgers only have three pitchers, and they have taxed all of them. With Walker Buehler going on three days rest against the Giants, the Braves have a huge advantage because they are doing this with Freddie Freeman in a slump. He was 0 for 8 with seven strikeouts. I'm starting to become a believer in this team now. I didn't mean to doubt them, but I was talking to some people in Atlanta and they're saying that this Braves team reminds them of the 1991 Braves team that went to the World Series because nobody expected this, especially after Ronald Acuna Jr. went out with that injury. The Braves were below 500. They were below the Mets and the Phillies for most of the regular season. And then finally, when they caught the Phillies, they had to hold them off. And the Braves are one of the hottest teams in baseball. So I I don't 
I expect them to do this, and I feel they have the best shot at beating the Dodgers. Now, over in the American League, that series is tied 1-1. Game 3 will be tonight between the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox. I'm not sure who's going to come out of the American League, but when you get to the World Series, the team with the best record is going to have home field advantage. So whoever wins between the Dodgers and the Braves, Dodgers will have home field advantage in the World Series. And if the Braves win, either the Red Sox or the Astros will have home field advantage in the World Series because they had a better record than the Atlanta Braves who finished 88 and 73. All right, making a smooth transition from baseball to college football. Of course, the Falcons had a bye this week. I normally start my Monday show talking about the Falcons, but I'm going to talk about the University of Georgia because as the number one ranked team in college football, they were able to hold off the 11th ranked team in college football, the Kentucky Wildcats, 30 to 13. It was a little tight in the first half, only up 14 to 7. But watching this game, I really didn't have any doubt that Georgia could close this out. I'm just wondering about the health of JT Daniels because once again, Stetson Bennett starts for the Bulldogs and he was effective. 14 to 20, 250 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. This defense in spurts is just scary. And that was really a Bush League play by head coach Mark Stoops at the end of the game to get that score to do a backdoor cover for Kentucky. They went down 22 plays and 75 yards to get that touchdown. Other than that, it was a dominant performance by the Georgia Bulldogs. 30-13, to they're now 7-0. They will have a bye before the big Florida game. Florida is struggling. They lost to LSU, who fired their coach. I'll get into that later in the show. But Florida is now 4-3. and three. They drop out of the rankings. But still, in two weeks, the Georgia-Florida game. Is Georgia still on upset alert? Because this is a big rival, and Florida is going to give Georgia their best shot. And I think Anthony Richardson is going to be the starting quarterback. Because when head coach Dan Mullen made the quarterback change, it made all the difference in the world. A lot of big teams in college football going down in the rankings. You had Iowa losing to Purdue 24-7. They fall in the rankings. And now the new number two ranked team is Cincinnati in some polls. In the coaches poll, it's Oklahoma. So in the AP poll, Cincinnati is number two. And Oklahoma is number two in the coaches poll. Now Alabama jumps up to number four in both polls after a very convincing win on the road against Mississippi State and that high-powered air raid offense led by head coach Mike Leach. But it wasn't enough. Alabama gets a 49-9 win, a drubbing over Mississippi State, who just likes to run the ball. They only ran for seven carries, but Will Rogers, he passed for 300 yards against Alabama. Yeah, in an air raid offense, you know he was going to do that. But he threw three interceptions, and Bryce Young back on track, 20-28, 348 yards, and four touchdowns. I never doubted Alabama. I knew that Alabama could run the table and get back into consideration for the college football playoff. I still think that game against Auburn at Jordan-Hare is a tough game for Alabama. Anytime Auburn is ranked, Alabama has lost to him, and they have lost to Auburn the last two times they played there. Auburn gets a big win over Arkansas. Arkansas is starting to slip. They're now 4-3 and after starting 4-0, and and Auburn is back into consideration in the top 25 Cincinnati had no problem over Central Florida. They have a very easy schedule. They won 56-21, and they could run the table and get into the college football playoff. But I think that the college football playoff rankings 
could look at strength of schedule and a good one-loss Ohio State team or one-loss Alabama team could jump them in the rankings because of their strength of schedule. Their toughest game for the remainder of the season is against SMU. So we'll see how the Bearcats season goes. I still think they will go undefeated and possibly be in the consideration for the college football playoff. Oklahoma State is still undefeated. They beat Texas. Something's wrong with Texas. Four and three. They look really bad. You have Baylor beating BYU. What Dave Aranda has done at Baylor, he's six and one. He's done an outstanding job. He's one of the candidates to replace head coach Ed Orgeron at LSU. Some of the other candidates that have been floating around the rumors, Jimbo Fisher, obviously, and then Lane Kiffin. You have Willie Franklin. Of course, you have Mario Cristobal. Some of these hot head coaches. And, of course, Urban Meyer at Jacksonville could possibly be a candidate. And then Bob Stoops. This is a top five program. This is a top five job. LSU's expectations are just like Alabama's to win the national championship every year. They have slipped. They caught lightning in a bottle in 2019 with Joe Burrow and offensive coordinator Joe Brady. The fan base, the boosters, everybody down in Tiger Nation at Baton Rouge expects more from the LSU Tigers. And Ed Ogeron is a good guy. I like him. He's a motivator. The coaches, the players love him. But he's going to get a very generous buyout. And he's just going to be able to relax and do whatever he wants to do for the next 18 months. And LSU is going to try to get a big name in there at Baton Rouge. Like I normally do on this show, I always try to give love to the local teams in Georgia when it comes to college football. I would like to do it, but Georgia Tech was on a bye. You had Georgia State on a bye. Kennesaw State continues to roll 14 to nothing, a very defensive struggle against North Carolina A&T. But one game I was disappointed in was Mercer's performance at home. Mercer loses to VMI 45 to 7, and they fall to 4 and 2 on the season. Just scrolling down your NCAA Division II matchups in the state of Georgia. Mississippi College beat Shorter 20-7. Valdosta State, still undefeated, beat West Alabama 42-17. Albany State beats Benedict 28-6. Savannah State beats Clark Atlanta 49-14. And West Georgia beats the number one team in NCAA Division II on the road, they beat West Florida 30-26. to Now, locally, LaGrange College lost another home game to Brevard 20-10. And LaGrange falls to 1-5 on the season. Well, this high school football season in the Chattahoochee Valley is about to come to an end. We did have some key matchups. The big game of the week saw Carver have no problem over Troop County. And they are starting to pull away and become one of the best teams in the region. Carver has a rich tradition of winning a state title. They won it in 2007. Their star running back was a running back named Isaiah Crowell, a big supporter in the community of Columbus. He comes back and has his football camp and charities. As many of you remember, Isaiah Crowell was a running back for the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets, a very good running back. And he no longer plays, but he was a staple in this community. Jarvis Jones, a talented linebacker from the University of Georgia, played at Carver. So Carver has a rich tradition. They've done a great job this season. One high school football game I'm looking forward to in two weeks. In fact, I might even go to this game. St. Ampicelli taking on Brookstone. Now, this is such a big game. It needs to be at Connect Stadium or A.J. McClung. 
Of course, it's going to be on the campus of St. Ampicelli. They have a nice football field, a really nice football field that is converted to a baseball field as well. Incredible. They do have a lot of money over there at St. Ampicelli. Dave Plata is now the new play-by-play announcer for their football team. As many of you know, I'm the PA announcer for Russell County High Football. They lost a tough one to Eufaula, 41-7, and they will close out the regular season next week against Carver Montgomery, trying to get their first winning season for the first time in over 30 years. It's been a while. I mean, Max Preps goes all the way back to 2003, and I was just going through the history, and some of the people that went to Russell County said they haven't had a losing, they haven't had a winning season in a while. So good luck to the Russell County Warriors. I'm looking forward to calling my final game this season, and it is going to be amazing. Central keeps rolling. They beat Dothan. You had Auburn beating Smith Station. You had Hardaway beating Shaw. St. Ampicelli actually lost to Eagles Landing Christian Academy, their first loss of the season. So high school football is rolling. I cannot wait for Friday's show. I did actually get some criticism. Why didn't I mention Callaway? Like on my high school football show, I did not mention Callaway at all. I just forgot. You know, Callaway was starting to become one of the best teams in the region. They were 4-0, and then they lost two games. But they bounced back, and they beat Bremen. So they're now 5-2 and two on the season. They're trying to get back to their winning ways you got some great programs up in LaGrange. Troop County, LaGrange, and Callaway, all great programs. And throughout the Chattahoochee Valley, you have some smaller schools that are great as well. This high school football season is almost over, and we are going to get into the playoffs. One thing about this show is I will break down all the playoffs for the state of Alabama and for the state of Georgia. We have all the way up to 7A, all the way down to single A, private and public so look out for that we have the nba season tipping off tomorrow night you have a double header as the milwaukee bucks will get their championship rings and raise their 2021 nba championship banner over the brooklyn nets a team they faced in the semifinals last year if kevin durant's foot was not on the line brooklyn advances to play the hawks And so that's going to be a good matchup at home on TNT between two top teams in the Eastern Conference. And then the nightcap, not sure if I'm going to stay up for this one. The Golden State Warriors taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. Now the Warriors are looking pretty good. There's a lot of talk. If a healthy Klay Thompson, which he's not going to play in this game, he is out. But he will be available for the season. If Klay Thompson is healthy, this Warriors team is a championship team. I actually thought about that run that the Warriors had from 2015 to 2019 where they made five straight NBA Finals. I was a fan of that first team in 2015. Then they won 73 games and dropped the 3-1 series lead over the Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron with the block on Andre Iguodala. And then the Warriors made a very bold move. They got Kevin Durant, and he was the biggest free agent pickup in the Bay Area since Barry Bonds went went to the Giants in 1993. Kevin Durant allowed the Warriors to win two more titles in 2017 and 2018. I feel without Kevin Durant, they wouldn't have won those titles because Kevin Durant was the definitive answer to LeBron because if LeBron is the best player in the NBA, Kevin Durant has to be the second best player in the NBA, or at least there are talks now that Kevin Durant might have eclipsed LeBron as the best player 
at this moment. Back in 2017, it was very close, and the Warriors had that answer. They had the closer. There was some tension between Draymond Green and Kevin Durant, where Draymond Green said, we won without you. We don't need you. And Durant is a very passionate guy. His feelings probably got hurt, and that's when he went to Brooklyn to go play with Kyrie Irving. I don't think that was the wisest choice, but still, we all make decisions in life, and we just got to live by them. The Warriors couldn't recover. Klay Thompson got hurt. I still think that with that core, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green, that is a playoff team. The Warriors had a bad season in their first season in San Francisco at the Chase Center, but they were able to get James Wiseman in the draft with the second pick overall in 2020. And they were able to acquire Andrew Wiggins via trade when they traded away D'Angelo Russell. They do have players that want to play for Steve Kerr and this Warriors organization that is well run. I personally would like to see this rivalry between the Warriors and Lakers. The Lakers have won a title. The Warriors have won titles before. They were in that play-in game last year, a very tense play-in game. I saw the game and it was incredible. So it is fitting that the Warriors are playing the Lakers on opening night. And I'll try to watch a little bit of the game, but I'm not going to stay up and watch this because these baseball playoffs are killing me. Speaking of baseball playoffs, game three is going to be Tuesday night as well. So you have basketball Tuesday night, then you have the Braves and the Dodgers playing Tuesday night. It's going to be a crazy night of sports. Don't forget that the Atlanta Hawks open their season Thursday night against the Dallas Mavericks as the Atlanta Hawks made an incredible run to the Eastern Conference Finals last season. The farthest that any Atlanta Hawks team has made it in the playoffs and they're trying to duplicate that this year. I noticed some of the Atlanta Hawks at the Braves game last night. I like it when other players from other sports in the city support their local team. The 49ers and the Warriors did that with the Giants. Saw George Kittle at the Giants game, game five of the NLDS. Steph Curry was there. That's always great. We got Major League Soccer. Atlanta United won two to nothing over Toronto FC, and they are currently in fifth place in the Eastern Conference. Their next game is going to be at home against NYCFC. What's impressive about this game over Toronto FC is Joseph Martinez was not playing in the game, and Atlanta United was able to win. This season will end on November 7th. Atlanta United trying to poise themselves to get into the playoffs. They missed the playoffs last season. They're trying to have a good run. Remember in Major League Soccer, only one team gets the bye. Seven teams will make the playoffs. Two will play seven, three will play six, and four will play five. So if the playoffs were to end today, Atlanta United would play Orlando, which Orlando is their big rival, and it's nice to see Orlando SC finally good for the last couple of years because it seemed like Atlanta United owned them. All right, so the Atlanta Falcons had the bye. They will take on the Miami Dolphins next week. The 49ers had the bye. They will take on the Indianapolis Colts next week. I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch football. Of course, I was working. I normally watch the Falcons and the 49ers on the NFL Red Zone, but they did have some very interesting scores. I will run them down very quickly. The Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Dolphins to get their first victory of the season. First win, first NFL win by head coach Urban Meyer, and it was over in London. You had the Green Bay Packers getting a win over Chicago on the road. Aaron Rodgers says, I own you, the Bears. And then the Bengals dropped the Detroit Lions to 0-6. 
They are the only winless team in the NFL. Baltimore gets a big victory over the Los Angeles Chargers. No problem there. The Chargers just making that trip to the East Coast. They were asleep. But Baltimore is now 5-1. They look like one of the best teams in the NFL. You got the Rams beating the Giants 38-11. The Kansas City Chiefs beating the Washington football team 31-13. The Indianapolis Colts beating the Houston Texans 31-3. The Vikings winning in overtime over the Panthers. What's happened to the Panthers? They started 3-0. Now they're 3-3. They're going to be without Christian McCaffrey for a while. The Arizona Cardinals beating the Browns. They are the only team that is unbeaten in the National Football League. They look for real. Are the Cardinals a contender to make it to the Super Bowl and possibly win it. The Raiders, with all the turmoil they had with John Gruden and all the distractions, end up getting the win over the Denver Broncos. Another reeling team that started 3-0 and now they're 3-3. But the Las Vegas Raiders are now 4-2 and they get a victory for their interim head coach. The game of the day, I was able to watch just a little bit of this game. The Dallas Cowboys taking on the New England Patriots. The Cowboys' offense compiled the most yardage against a Bill Belichick defense. And New England loses four games for the first time since they moved to Gillette Stadium. And you got to think, how is this possible that the Patriots are 2-4? and four, And at times, Mac Jones looks like a formidable quarterback. He might be the best rookie quarterback in the NFL. But the Cowboys are for real. They're 5-1. and one. They look like a Super Bowl team. I think it's going to be the Cowboys and Cardinals in the NFC Championship. I'm just going to say that right there. These are the two best teams in the NFC. And of course, the Sunday night game was happening at the same time as the Braves game. I glanced over there. They expected it was going to be Russell Wilson versus Ben Roethlisberger. Russell Wilson's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Geno Smith actually looked pretty good, and Seattle had a chance to win this game in overtime. But Geno Smith fumbles. Pittsburgh recovers. They kick the game-winning field goal. They they kick the game-winning field goal. And now the Seattle Seahawks are 2-4. and four. Do they lose all their games without Russell Wilson? They got the Saints and they have the Jaguars. They expect Russell Wilson to be back for the game against the Green Bay Packers on November 14th. All right, before I close this show, I want to talk about Lane Kiffin's return to Tennessee. What a terrible showing by the fans at Neyland Stadium. Throwing golf balls and mustard and whatever they could get their hands on at Lane Kiffin. Just poor sportsmanship by the University of Tennessee. There was this controversial fourth down call they lose the game to Ole Miss 31 to 26 but that was not the story I will be listening to the Paul Feinbaum show this afternoon because I want to know what is going on in Knoxville they play Alabama next week I don't see them winning that game there were some promise that Tennessee was back that they got the right head coach with Josh Heupel but they are still a very topsy-turvy team that could not get the job done at home against Lane Kiffin and that Ole Miss team that looks so good at times with Matt Corral, the best quarterback in the SEC. Well, that is all the time I have on the show. I want to thank all my listeners that have downloaded my podcast. And don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel. I'll be back on the air tomorrow. Hope you enjoy your day. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. 
This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.